Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck, and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumer, and little Clara. Hi, Paige. Hi, Clara. Hello. Hi, Grandma. <laughs> She's not saying anything yet, and that's a good thing. So let's go ahead and get going on this podcast. But if she does say something, just know this is a three-girl show today. We yep. got three girls, three generations of people talking about self-government. In fact, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about going to bed. And that sounds heavenly for parents, but for children, <laughs> not always, right? Sometimes they're like, I don't want to go to bed. And it's not even just the little ones. Sometimes the big ones don't go to bed, even though they're at the age where you would think they would want to be going to bed a lot. So anyway, we're going to be talking about what to do when the little ones won't go to bed, but we're also going to be talking about what to do when the older ones seem to be having a problem with the same thing. But before we do, as is tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we are going to give you an idea for a fun family activity page. It's almost Valentine's Day, and this is just like the season of well of love. What kind of a fun family activity do you have for us today? Today, So something that we did multiple times growing up is we would heart attack people. So we would cut lots of paper hearts out and we would write, you know, really nice messages on them. And we'd go heart attack someone's front door or someone's car. Um, I remember one year, uh, my, you know, your mom, my grandma, she, there was a, a certain day of every week where she would go to the same restaurant um, and have lunch with some of her friends. And we decided, you know what? I know she's there today. Let's go heart attack her car. It'll be so fun. Anyway, it was so cute to have her, you know, call us after she came out and she's like, Oh, that was so sweet guys. It was such a nice treat. Mm -hmm. no, I remember was... that. I'd forgotten about that, but yeah, we did. We went in the parking lot. We were all sly trying to put hearts all over her car. <laughs> And hopefully she wouldn't yeah. see us out the window. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I remember um, doing that to someone that we were, we were serving and close to on my service mission, we decided to go and heart attack her front door. And it meant a lot to her. It is fun. So. There's lots of little things you can do. So you can do sweet things for each other just within your family. You can fill somebody's room with balloons and say something like, I'm lighter than air when I'm around you or whatever. <laughs> um, or little, you can little love attack their door or their, their bed or whatever. But I say surprise people, you know, it's just so, <laughs> children. Okay. Who does not like a surprise? Most people do, but children love to be part of making surprises for other people. And so mm -hmm. this is just the perfect time of year to think about a great surprise for somebody else. So I love that idea. I think that's so fantastic. So let's talk about bedtime. Let's talk about what happens when people don't go to bed and what we can do about it. And we're going to do this through the lens of self-government. So self-government is truly life-changing. Self-government is a principle, which means that it is forever. Principles are eternal. They last forever. And principles are broadly applicable. 
And the principle that we apply everything on this podcast to is the principle of self-government. So meaning that a person actually has the ability to govern themselves, to make choices for themselves and control themselves to fix problems that they might have. Paige, what is the actual definition of self-government? So the way that we describe and define self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Oh, thank you. And there's Claire. She's going to tell us a little bit about it too. That's fantastic. Okay. So that's exactly right. That's what self-government is. And so when we have a child who is not wanting to go to bed, they have to learn how to tell themselves to go to bed. That's what a person does when they're self-governed. They say it's time for bed body. So you have to calm down and go to bed and we're not going to wake up. So when a person is self-governed, they give themselves no answers about say waking up when they shouldn't and give themselves instructions like, Hey, it's time to go to bed. But you know what? Sometimes they need a little bit of help. Sometimes they need the parents to help lay that foundation of what it means to follow an instruction, to accept no answer and how to control themselves in difficult circumstances. And then they can really get to the point where they can do that bedtime thing and all the other things all by themselves. So what does it look like Paige, when we have a young person who does not go to bed? I know we hear from people all the time about this problem. And so that's why we thought, you know, people are asking still about more information about this. So let's talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. So lots of people, they'll, they'll usually say, oh, you know, my young kids, they just don't want to go to bed and they'll push the boundaries, push the limits on bedtime because they just don't want to go to sleep. And, you know, that's when we tell them, oh, you know, there's that, that makes sense. You know, they haven't quite learned to calm their own body down. Um, so here's some things that you can do. Um, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, it's, it's interesting because when parents have those small children, um, you know, who don't quite know the logic behind things, it can make things really difficult. Oh yeah. In fact, I'll tell you what, when a parent has had a long day and there's been so many things going on at the end of the day, they're like, I just got to get in that bed. I just need the rest. I'm so tired. And then when their child will not go into the bed, they're like, that's when their own anxiety gets going. They, they'll start, they yeah. start thinking, I'm not going to get what I need. I'm not going to get what I need. I can't keep going on this crazy schedule if I don't get what I need. So the parent starts getting kind of selfish, actually. I mean, like they're not selfish, but they are. I mean, are, it makes you know? sense, but yeah, yeah. Like you're <laughs> not, just you're run getting- down. You're giving and giving and giving all day. You finally need like, to go to, go to bed. You're like, I just need my energy. I got to go to bed, <laughs> right? I need two seconds, take a shower, go to bed, you know, whatever it is. And, and so it's, it, they're not selfish, but they are being selfish. Right. Because, you know, at that point, and I can relate to that totally and completely, you know, cause I'm back in school doing a full class load online and, you know, and Clara doesn't go to bed till later. And I'm like, when am I going to get my homework done? You know, how late am I going to have to stay up to get my stuff done? Because mm-hmm. my husband, Joseph, he works two jobs currently. And so a lot of times he's not even home, which means that, you know, I'm, 
I'm on duty by myself <laughs> when it comes to Clara. <laughs> yeah. And so you're like, okay, she has a need. Okay. What about my homework? Well, we'll put that off. We'll get mm-hmm. to that. And then you're like, oh, and now it's this time of night and I'm finally getting to it. So it does. Sometimes you start to feel a little panicky on the inside. Yeah. Especially once it hits like 2 a.m. <laughs> and I'm doing homework. I'm like, I got more to do, but I, I'm so tired. <laughs> my brain cannot. It cannot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. It's super hard that all of the, the rigors and the strains of being a parent and the children, they're all as they know is how they feel. They have no understanding <laughs> or comprehension that anybody else has. They any can't even analyze needs. themselves, let alone yeah. other people. <laughs> like what? A parent has needs. Uh, I don't get that. Right. So yeah. anyway, so when I say you're selfish, what I mean is like, you're worried about you and what you get because it's, a, you are acutely aware of what you're not getting. But the problem is, is that once you get into that zone, sometimes you can disconnect from the people around you and you can start feeling more short tempered, aggressive, emotional, stressed, all these kinds of things that aren't good. So if you get in that zone, doesn't matter the age of child and whatever time it is, if you get in that zone, it is going to be harder to help them relax, to go to bed because they will feed off of your stress. They will feel like something is wrong and then they do not actually relax. But if they feel like you're relaxed and everything's fine, then they also feed off of that. So just remember calmness has a boomerang effect and so does stress. So whatever you have ends up coming back to you from the other people because that's what they are feeding off of from you. So super important to keep that in mind. So that's what it can look like with little children. You know, with older children, with, with youth and teens, a totally different look there. Like sometimes they're like, I just can't go to bed. Sometimes they won't put their phones down. I know there's a lot of that of youth who mm-hmm. get on their phones at night and they won't get off. Some of them will wake up in the middle of the night page, right? I mean, we yeah. hear reports of that. What kinds of reports have you heard of that? So I've heard, I've had multiple parents tell me, yeah, my, my sons or my daughters, they'll wake up in the middle of the night to go play video games. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, me as a teenager, I'm like, I want sleep, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but when, when you're so addicted to something, then that tends to be an issue, you know, and these parents are like, what do I do? Because, you know, I'm trying to limit their media intake during the day. And all they do is just wake up and go do video games. And of course I'm asleep. So I have no idea what happens until one night I figure it out and find out they've been doing it for months, you know? Well, yeah. And they're like, how come they won't get up now in the morning? Right. Yeah. So, and then they find out, oh, it's because they're waking up in the night or staying up and then playing games and then finally going to bed. Some of them will get up to eat and do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And that can be really hard for parents too, because then they're like, okay, well, now you're messing with the whole system. So, and that's actually chemically, they're throwing themselves off eating then. Yeah. So. And that's, that's really frustrating for parents because then, you know, things do not go as smoothly the following day. Oh no, absolutely not. All the rhythm, the whole circadian rhythm and everything gets all off and everything gets messed up. And this can be very difficult. So if there's, there's something that I remember when I had my first baby, um, I remember that he would not sleep through the night. Like it was going and going and going. And my neighbor said to me, well, he's old enough. Like that if he wakes up in the middle of the night, you should probably just give him, you know, water and not, not nurse him. 
And I thought, oh, I mean, cause he was, you know, like almost a year old and he's like not sleeping through the night. And this guy said to me, and he was this South African neighbor, awesome guy. And he says, he says, you know, if I knew that if I woke up in the middle of the night, someone would make me steak and eggs, my brain would easily get programmed to wake up in the middle of the night for steak and eggs, because I really like steak and eggs. <laughs> That's crazy. And I was like, That's actually a good point. So he's like, think of it for a baby. You're nursing that baby. Breast milk is like steak and eggs. So if you're going to feed that baby steak and eggs in the middle of the night, then that baby is going to keep waking up in the middle of the night. Now, pages does not apply to four month old Clara, but what I am saying is, you know, when we're talking nine, 10 month old, and they're still like waking up every two hours, like "Mm." he's like, yeah, I'd get up every two hours for steak and eggs. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I never thought about the fact that there could just be a craving that is taking over. So then I started giving Quinn water in the night because he was eating food by that point. I mean, he was eating meals in the day. There was no reason for him to wake up in the night. Please go to bed. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so I started feeding him water in the night and, and all of a sudden, boom, he didn't wake up anymore. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm interesting no more steak and eggs you know and i was like (laughs) there we go and so that guy he was actually pretty smart when he told me that i'm like interesting um but the thing is is that our teens could have gaming that feels like steak and eggs to their chemicals or food that feels like steak and eggs to their chemicals or social media that feels like steak and eggs to their chemicals. And so they could be getting into this same scenario where they're, they're waking up or not going to bed because they want to fix, they want something that they crave. And so we've got to help them. So let's talk about what to do for each one of these scenarios. We're going to start with the younger children, and then we'll move on to the older children and what we can do there. And you will see that these solutions are surprisingly similar. They just look slightly different when applied to a person with a different developmental level. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the younger children. When the younger children need to learn how to go to bed, we've got to teach it like it's a skill. And so I recommend teaching it with a little game. It's a game I invented years ago when my children were tiny. And, you know, as far as games go, I don't know if I could market this one very good, but you can definitely try it. (laughs) You know, it doesn't have any moving pieces except for the people, but the, the game is called it's time for bed. (laughs) That's the name of the game. And so, and what you do is you take your toddler or this little five-year-old or whatever it is. And in the day when it is not bedtime, okay. When it's not nap time, nothing you say, we're going to play a game. Do you want to play a game? And oh yeah. Okay. This game is called it's time for bed, but we're not really going to go to bed right now because it's daytime because it's just a game. But when we get done playing the game, like we're going to have treats in this game. Do you want to have treats in this game? Whoa. Now we've got a game that's called go to bed, but you don't have to go to bed and there's treats. This is amazing. So so amazing. (laughs) Right. So anyway, um, they're like, okay, yeah. Say, okay, so I'm going to play it. So we're going to pretend it's nighttime and I'm going to say it's time for bed. And then you're going to say, okay, and run into your bed and get in your covers and mommy will come and tuck you in and 
Then I'll walk out of your room and you don't have to go to sleep. You just lay there for just a little bit, like about a minute. And then I'll come back and say, it's morning. And when it's morning, we're going to go have a treat. So then you might have a pack of fruit snacks where each time you practice it, they get one of the fruit snacks, right? Or maybe there's some other little, you know, nice, healthy thing that there's like multiple of them that you could use. Okay. So every time you have this little treat, then, so you're going to go and do that. And yay, you did so good going in bed and staying in bed. You stayed all the way till morning. You are so good. Here's a treat. Okay. So then you practice that multiple times. And then you say, I think you can do this. You could do this when it's really time for bed. So you know what? Tonight, we're going to show daddy or we're going to show mommy, whoever's doing the training, how good you are at going to bed. And then in the morning, I'm going to have a whole package of these treats for you. If you stay in the bed, right? Ooh, now all of a sudden we've got a positive consequence. This is exciting, right? And so you make sure that the potties, you know, they've gone to the bathroom, they brush their teeth, they've had their little snack, whatever it is that always has to happen. You've sung the, the bedtime song. routine. Yeah. You go through the bedtime routine and then you say, it's time for bed. Okay. And then they go, okay. And they run to their bed and then you tuck them in and say, oh, this is so exciting. Okay. In the real morning, mom's going to come in and say it's morning. And then you get to have your treats. And you know what? This actually really works. The children love it. They get the I can do this. I can practice this skill. I can stay there to get my treat because it's only going to happen in the morning. But you might have to tell them if you get out, though, then you won't get your treat in the morning. So you can't get out. And so you need to let them know that that's how it goes, right? So you set that goal for the positive consequence. You teach them what the correction would be and what type of a negative consequence they would earn. Because technically this is a following instructions thing. When you say it's time for bed, and then you might even follow it up with, I need you to get in your bed. Okay. That's an instruction. Then they say, okay. Right. If you have to do a correction for that instruction, they do not do that negative consequence, which is, you know, the extra chore or something. They do not do it at night because they might be like, yay, I'll do extra chores all night. If I don't have to go to bed, like they would just rather than be in their bed. So yeah, well, on the flip side of that is sometimes they're so tired that chemically it's just not even an option. Yeah. Cause they're just a mess. And you're like, they have just got to go to bed right? Exactly. So what you're going to do is you're going to have them do that extra chore in the morning. So let them know pre-teach ahead of time, all extra chores will happen in the morning and make sure you do a full correction. But if they're really not in the frame of mind to be able to do any real practices or whatever, then you might just practice the game. It's time for bed again in the morning so that they recognize what they should have done that night before so that they're hopefully geared up again for the next day. Now, that's for really little children. You could probably use that game up until about age eight. You know, once you hit that stage, eh, you just need to tell them, listen, it's an instruction. Okay. <laughs> when, I, when, it, when it's time for bed and I say, okay, I'm giving you an instruction. You need to go to bed. Then they need to look at you. Keep a calm face, voice and body say, okay, go off to bed. And then when you get there, they can be like, I got in my bed or they can just holler from the room. I'm in my bed. And they can be like, okay, awesome. And you can go and praise them. Right. 
But if they don't go and get in the bed, they don't follow that instruction. Then again, you would have to do a correction. They would get the opportunity to do the negative consequence associated with that correction in the morning. And that negative consequence for us has always been an extra chore. So Mm -hmm. this applies to pretty much any age of child, but let's talk a little bit more specifically about the older children. Paige, before we get to the older children, anything else you want to add on those younger ones? Yeah, I just think it's important that with this game, you know, it's time for bed game. This is something that we call role play and it's something that you can make games out of for other situations as well. Mm -hmm. For sure. So thank you for that because role-playing is really powerful. I love hearing Clara's little hiccups in the background. I love that. I love it. Go Clara way to participate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, um, role-playing is powerful. We have to have more practice doing things the right way than the wrong way in order to create a new habit. So this is why the role-play is so vital. So thank you for bringing that to our attention page. Love that. Okay, so let's talk about these older children who maybe have addictions and stuff and are waking up for things that really there are amounting now to distractions, right? Social Or just not going to bed at all. Yeah. No, I do have to admit, Paige, I, when you guys got older, I was not super particular about what time you actually fell asleep. So when Mm -hmm. you guys were mid age, like around age 10, eight, 10, I'd say, listen, we're in our beds at this time. If you guys want to have reading time, you could read for a half hour or an hour. That's fine with me. But then we have to go to bed by this time, right? So we had like the preliminary bedtime and then the real bedtime. But by the time you got to be teens, I would say, listen, you got to wake up by this time. Like you have to get up. So make sure you go to bed. But yeah, so there wasn't so much of a bedtime as, okay, just remember, this is the time you're waking up. So plan your time wisely. Yeah. And that was when you got older into your teen years, but I did not, you did not have smartphones. We did not have gaming devices. We did not have any of those things happening. And we had done enough talk about health and nutrition and stuff. And you guys knew you're not going to sit and eat in the middle of the night. I mean, maybe you might've had a little midnight snack here and there, but that was usually happening around like 10 PM right before bed or something. And so, you know, and even then that's not the healthiest, but it did happen. But anyway, um, you guys just suffered your own consequences if you stayed up, but you weren't like on social media or gaming or any of those things because you didn't have devices. And I think that's the Mm -hmm. biggest thing. If, if the child does not have those temptations for the addictions, if the gaming thing only comes out once a week or every so often when they actually kind of like check it out from the parent, well, then it's not there to cause a problem, right? If all the devices are locked down, charging in the parent's room. Now I know there are some sneaky, sneaky children who might want to come and steal them, then you know the addiction is like at a totally different level. And there are things we can do there, but I'm not going into that on this call. We're going to assume people aren't going to go to that level on this on this particular podcast. But um, anyway, so, so every, everything's charging in your room. All the computers and devices are locked down with passwords that are so long, no one could ever guess it. And they don't have their own accesses. They don't have their own devices in their room, right? They don't have anything like that then there's not as many reasons for them to stay up, you know, or to get up in the middle of the night. 
And you might need to at first say, listen, if you are getting a craving to wake up in the night, your body is telling you that you are having an addiction craving. You've got to tell your body, no, you've got to drop the subject. You've got to switch your thoughts to something else. Maybe sing a song and then think sleep, sleep, sleep sleep. You've got to give yourself another message because that message is getting in the way. So you're going to have to help them learn how to train their brain to not crave that particular thing in the night. And older children can definitely learn to do this. Okay. So they've got to learn. There's a no answer. I've got to give myself. There's a boundary line. I got to not cross because I am actually now the victim of being controlled by a temptation, a distraction and addiction, you know, those types of things. And I don't want to be, I want to have freedom to just sleep and get regular energy like everybody else. Also, I would make sure that no digital stimulation happens at least 45 minutes before bedtime, if possible, because what it does to your brain is actually not good. It makes most people's brains a little bit hyperfunction. And so you can't calm down. So having some good, like cuddle time, talk time, soft, quiet, no noise, no music. Yeah. Reading books maybe, or just like, just laying there talking, like kind of the pillow talk type, you know, stuff. that quiet stuff is really what everybody needs. Quiet bonding. That's the best before bed. So keep that in mind. So you're going to pre-teach just like with the younger children, you're going to pre-teach your older children what to do. Okay. That you need to follow the instruction. When I give you an instruction to go to bed, you need to say, okay, and do it. And then in the morning, when you wake up, there's your check back. Or when I come in to kiss you, you can check back here. I am, I'm going to bed, you know? And, and if not, then I'll have to do corrections. You can also have positive consequences. If someone is struggling with giving themselves that no answer in the middle of the night or whatever it is, you could have positive consequences. I mean, some people put up cameras and everything just to see what happens in the night. If the child is up moving around so they can know what's, if they can correct that child, you know, that's up to you if you want to go to that level, but, um, but hopefully you've removed enough stuff that you would know if they got up and started moving around, you know? Um, then you teach a child how to give themselves a no answer, how to accept boundaries from you and no answers because staying in that room and in that bed is a boundary that's being imposed at bedtime and they need to learn. Okay. It's a no answer to get out of this bed. I cannot cross over the boundary line. That's it. Right. Anyway, that's going to be really good. And then helping them understand how to train their own brains. Super good. Then have them check up with you regularly. So pull them aside, have a little parent counseling session, talk about the skills that they're going to need to conquer this behavior, how you're going to remove those distractions from them and make sure things are not accessible and how you're going to set a goal for positive consequences. And, um, and then you'll have a checkup time once a week in your mentor session. These are meetings that we talk about in the teaching self-government program. You will talk about what to do to handle that problem. So that is the main, you know, those are the main nuts and bolts that you need to handle this go to bed problem. If it's more severe than that, then I promise you, I've already talked about it on the teaching self-government support group. So many people do not know that I have a teaching self-government support group. I answer people's questions on there every single week. And that's where the, the main depth 
of my knowledge comes out because people will say, okay, this is exactly what is happening at my house. They said this, I did this and I'll say, okay, then this is exactly what you do. And sometimes people will bring up other principles or deep things about family or development or whatever that they want to talk about. Sometimes even about homeschooling, those kinds of things, they will bring it up on that support group. And I answer those questions. So if your go to bed question is more severe than this, then be sure to join that teaching self-government support group. And if you do that in conjunction with the TSG parenting course, then you get some months on that support group for free, which is great. Cause and you get group mentoring as well, which is really helpful. Yeah, you really do. So, and plus you just learn all the pieces. So it's, it's good to get some official training on all of this stuff. We're throwing out all kinds of things to you, hoping that you understand the basic concepts of what we're talking about, but recognizing that there are so many skills that you definitely could learn even more about. So that is bedtime. Let's get some rest. Okay. Let's get some rest. Clara, I know you already had your nap. So you're good to go, but tonight she's going to do amazing. Uh, not because you're pre-taught her, but because she's a baby on a schedule, but I mean, I do still pre-teach her just to practice. That's good. That's good. You absolutely should. Well, thank you all for joining us on the teaching self-government podcast to talk about bedtime and how we can improve things there. And we will talk to you again next time about something just as exciting. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.